I was just accidentally doing the right things. But I was unaware that I was doing the right things. Yeah, yeah, but the world kept rewarding me. Like, yo, here, money, anything you want, here. And then I was also riding like a pretend confidence at that time. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't internal confidence. It was external confidence. You were getting the validation. You were yeah. getting the validation. Bang, validation. Welcome to, oh, I got I to gotta do the clap first. Um, welcome to Character Development. Today I'm here with my man Gene Paul. Gene Paul, who are you? Gene Paul, who am I? That's the first question. Um, I was born and raised in Lawrence, Mass. My parents, uh, they came, both of them came from Dominican Republic and they, were, they grew up in La Vega. La Vega. And DR. Um, and then. They came over here, had me, had my sister, um, and then I grew up similarly. Like I listened to your recently uh, uploaded podcast with Gladys. I didn't grow up um, undocumented, but I grew up in a way where I was very protected. I was always protected. I was the youngest uh, boy in my family, so all my older cousins, all the guys in the family are older than me, yeah, yeah. and I was the young one, so. They grew up, made a ton of mistakes, and were kind of trying to teach me second-handedly. Yeah, yeah. They're Don't tr- worry about it. I got that. They were trying to teach me... Second-handedly. To not go through the consequences that they went through. Yeah, yeah. Right? Stay away from drugs. Don't do that. Don't get into any type of violence. So I was always very protected, and I always just carried that throughout. But now I'm, you know, thinking for myself, mm-hmm. and that's a gift. Yeah, yeah. That's a gift that I didn't have up till recently, probably late 2022, probably in November. I started independent thinking, thinking for myself, and then therefore taking control. But mainly, bro, my decisions decisions were made from other people. Mm -hmm. Basically, my parents putting me through uh, the education system, Mm -hmm. picking the schools for me. And then just wisely choosing like the people that I surrounded myself with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they did a pretty stand-up job. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. I- I'll be real that Gene Paul, you are one of the more upstanding individuals I know. Just um, and when I say that, it's not like a moral claim. It's more that yo, you're you're disciplined, you're insightful, you're thoughtful. And I think one of the most important features about you that I've always appreciated is that you're very open to change and like progress and development. Um, could you tell us the story about how you became a reader? A reader? Yeah, That's yeah. That's funny, I, I was just working with a client and she came in with a book and um, and I told her, oh, I'm a, I'm a reader too, right? And she was shocked. Why she was she was shocked? so surprised, because she's from the city. She's mm-hmm. from here and she's, I guess that's a rare sighting, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, but she's all into like fictional books and then vice versa, I'm into like you could call it self-help. I read a lot of psychology, philosophy, uh, non-fictional, right? Mm-hmm. Things that I could learn and then apply them. Yeah, yeah. Right? That way I have access to them and it could elevate my life. I could continue to advance. Mm-hmm. But I got into reading when I was about late 17. I was about to turn 18-ish and it was a summer. This is how I got into it. There was a day where I kind of got sick of it was after my f- freshman year. It yeah. was after my first semester, freshman year, 
and it was winter break. Yeah. And that semester, bro, my grades were super low. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just associating myself with people who wanted to take life easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mentor told me, it's cool, you want to stay in college? That's a four-year vacation. That's what he called it. College is a four-year vacation. It has felt like that. Yeah. yeah. When you want to stop kidding around and get serious, grown-up work, taking responsibility, yeah. those are the people who are not in college. They're in the real world, doing real things, building real things. Yeah. Right? And obviously, I decided to take that four-year vacation. But in the meantime, I made moves, um, and I elevated my life. Um, but I ended up walking from my house to New Hampshire. There's a Barnes and Nobles in New Hampshire. And that's about a three-hour walk. I want to. Yeah. That's about a three-hour walk you took to the bookstore. Probably like six, seven miles from my my house, and I didn't have a car that day, and I really wanted to go to Barnes and Nobles, and my I asked my parents, "Oh, when you gonna be home?" Nah, they ain't gonna be home. They were in Boston somewhere, and I decided it was extremely hot that day, and I decided to walk. I end up walking, and on the way there, my dad told me a story uh, about my grandma, about his mom. And the story was about her as when she was my age, a little bit younger, she would have to walk to school. Yeah. Most, most of our grandmas and our grandparents had that experience. My parents had that experience. There like you go. About. And it was some story that it sounded ridiculous, yeah. but it was true, right? They would walk five, seven miles. Yeah. So the trip that I took to walk from my house to Barnes and Nobles, all in an effort to get some knowledge in my head, bro, because yeah. I just felt very naive, gullible, let's call it stupid, uh-huh. right? There was no <laughs> information in my head. And every yeah. day I would wake up my f- freshman year, first semester, I would smoke like three times a day. I, that seems pretty moderate compared to some people I know. There was times, bro, that I would get sick every two weeks. My body was just, yeah. it was telling me, like, bro, you're not living right. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling right. You're not thinking right. I would take NyQuil to start the day. You would take <laughs> NyQuil to start, to start the, the day? day. Yeah. What would the NyQuil So do? I would be sick, and I didn't have my oh. mom there. My mom wasn't around, so I would go to CVS. I, I, would, I would get some medicine. I would buy NyQuil. Yeah. I'm telling you, I had no sense in my head. Yeah. And yeah. I would start my day. I felt sick. I would take that, and then I'll be slumped at rate. I'll be slumped <laughs> in the cafeteria, and even in class, bro, I was just out of it. Yeah, yeah. And it got so bad that after I finished finals, I just said, bro, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Damn. You just couldn't continue with those bad habits? And I like how you say habits. I use the word tendencies. Mm-hmm. I had to get out of those old ways. And I decided those 29 days that I was away from school, winter break, I read 21 books. So you read, twenty. it was 29 days or 21 days? 29 days of winter, that winter break. You read 21 books. 21 books. And at the time, I didn't have a job. So my parents would send me like 150 bucks every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I would spend that. On weed, on bud, on probably drinking, doing whatever. And 
I was just making bad decisions. And then within those 29 days and the information I took from those books, I applied them in my life. There was one book that gave me like this insight of this idea that sparked some type of action in me. It hit me. I felt that in the heart. I was like, you know what? I feel inspired. Let me go do that. And I decided to interview a few people. Okay. It said interview successful people. Interview successful people. That was, I, the, that was the insight you yeah, got? Yeah, yeah, off a book. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's what the Let podcast me, is. Look how simple that is. I was like, you know what? Who who in my life do I envision as successful? Yeah. Right? Then I thought about those people. And then I'm like, let me reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Send them an email. Boom. And I kind of briefly in that email, I didn't make it hella long, but I was explain, I'm this young kid with all these bad habits. I'm smoking every day. Please help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I need some guidance. And I do this interview with, uh, with my teacher from school. He taught economics. He worked prior to becoming a teacher. He worked at Goldman Sachs. He was a managing director there. That's right? some shit. You know, making good money. Probably over 400K a yeah. year. That's a big role. And I went, but it wasn't genuine. That meeting, I went, and all my questions, I took it from Google. I literally, like, interview questions. Mm-hmm. And I took them, put them in the notebook, and I went, and I asked them. It was from an older man looking at a younger kid. It did feel genuine. Mm-hmm. But for me, I could have been more genuine if I did my own original thinking and I let my curiosity run. Mm-hmm. That's a great skill to have. Yeah, yeah, curiosity. Um, I feel like I've often heard you talk a lot about subjects of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember last November, the key word was imagination. Yes, sir. And something you've still been thinking on, working on. Um, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I really wanted to talk about this one concept and this idea that I discovered in November, bro. It was November 8th, and I was on YouTube, and I ran across this video. This is an eight-minute video, and it was about this new concept, this new law that I've never heard about. I've heard about all the other laws, law of use, law of uh, attraction, these are things that we've, you know, come across. But up until that point, I never heard of this idea, and it was called Law of Assumption. The Law of Assumption. I haven't heard this either. What is this? And this one, it stems out, and then you get, you find imagination. This idea, this concept comes from this guy named Naval Goddard. Naval Goddard. So it's not, it's not Naval no, the no, one... No. The one I read. No, I know. It's a different dude. Old, old, old school. He's not alive right now. But he was so big, he would go across the world and tell people this message of the law of assumption and how he's used it in his life and how he's accomplished all the things that he's acquired in his life. He moved through this, this route, like the source of law of assumption. Basically, the idea is, is that assuming like you already have the desired feeling, like the desired outcome. So an example is, say I'm single. Describe me as a lonely ass man, (laughs) That man could wake up every day, describe himself, identify himself as a lonely dude, he's single, 
and then he is operating thinking from and feeling yeah. from a place of lacking like he doesn't yeah. have a girlfriend right okay. or a companion i understand a dude right if you think beyond the objective world right the five senses that you touched upon in your last podcast right you got taste you got sound right you got touch this man remembers like quotes from the podcast i'll be remembering man right That's, yeah 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 that sensory world right the objective those five senses, if you could use your sixth sense, which we talked about, and that sixth sense is your imagination, Yeah, that's the subjective. Right? That's crazy. That's that private space in your head yeah, that yeah. nobody else has access to. That's facts. That's facts. No, I think that's a beautiful concept, my brother. I never, um, I haven't thought about imagination as the sixth sense, but it is... It actually, it kind of fucking is. And I think you're right in the, in the, you know, it does have a lot to do with that episode with Gladys. Um, because in your imagination is where you can kind of like devise simu- simulation, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's where you can plot and create, although the world may not be what you want it to be, mm-hmm. you can create the world you want in your head, in your imagination. And then through your rational capacity, you're... We're able to, um, was it still recording? Yeah, yeah. From our rational capacity, we're able to make our imagination reality. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and what you're touching on is actually something that I've been reading a lot about lately. Um, I've been learning a lot about game theory. Um, game theory. Yeah, game theory, especially as I dive into, as I've been learning about economics mm-hmm. and business, game theory has been an essential foundation in framing everything I've been learning um, and just understanding ecosystems, right? Um, but so this man who wrote this book, In Equal Equilibrium, I forget his name because he has a, a very long, and I think it's an Eastern European name. Okay. They got some like S's and V's in it that I can't pronounce. Um, but in it, he, he talks about this thing called modest epistemology. Okay. Um, and it's basically, it's very similar to what you're saying but you know it's it's the law of assumption but he he puts it in the framework of knowledge of of the whole body of knowledge in the human sphere um and that generally people operate on in in um on a negative version of the law of assumption they um and what what is it yeah and it, it's a modest it's modest it's mm-hmm. not negative it's modest mm-hmm. and they um people often aren't in short, bold enough to, to make certain moves. And it's because they assume certain things about themselves. It's not because certain things are actually true. But it's as you say, um, you're not going to take certain actions if you have certain beliefs. And you, you know, those beliefs often have to do with yourself. You know what I'm saying? If you don't believe you're a smart person, you might not, um, you know, you might not apply for university. You know what I'm saying? Um, you might not get that scholarship you could have got. You know what I'm saying? Um, what What do you think of, mo- of that modest epistemology? To me, bro, I've been using it day in, day out. The opposite of the modest. Since, since yeah. November eighth, man, that awakened something in me. It enlightened me to the point where ninety percent of my suffering, now I named it pointless suffering. Mm-hmm. It was me suffering pointlessly. Why? Because my attention was elsewhere, and it was on the modest. It was on that negative aspect of life. And my focus would go towards the things that I was lacking, mm-hmm. that I was missing out, right? And sin is missing 
the mark. Sin is missing the mark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And righteousness is being who you already is being are. right with yourself. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And I was missing the mark day in day out before November, and then after November, I realized this importance that if this imagination, this sixth sense that I've had this whole time, it was just unconscious. It was dormant. Was, yeah, bro, I was blind to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then. You gotta yeah. talk to Marquise. Cause that was that was that was the dude who started this nonprofit that we're shooting in right now, that was actually this whole story. When he went to because he was a college ball player for a minute yeah. in the high school too, and he just clocked out. Like that whole imagination part just clocked out, bro. So I'm sorry, I could cut you off though. Nah, but I I think I'm aware of Marquise. He's the founder yeah, of Elevated yeah. Thought. Yeah, you're talking about Rob, right? Yeah, your yeah, mentor. my mentor. I'm I'm gonna have to talk to Rob and see how they got um, yeah, yeah. connected. But that whole idea, bro, the suffering, that self-concern, okay. being self-concerned, think about it. If you wake up mm-hmm. every day and you're focused and you're worried about the time and you're worried about appearance and your body and you're worried about your environment, you're just creating stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You got to be at work at 9 o'clock or at 8, right? Yeah. And you focus so much on the time. Oh, shit, it's 7.50. I got to be out the door in five minutes or I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't live my life that way. Yeah. I'd rather deal with the consequences of if I show up late, I show up late. But God forbid, like, I'm not, I'm in control, right? Obviously, you want to show up on time. Yeah, That's yeah. the noble thing to do. But I'm not going to stress myself over worrying about time. Mm-hmm. Something that's not really in my control, right? Yeah. Time's going to move regardless. But why am I going to show up to work already stressed out and anxiety? Oh, my God, I'm three minutes late. You like, kind of just, gonna... you walking in with even more negative energy. You feel me? Everybody's going to feel that. Yeah. So if I change my whole self-perception, my self-image, my attitude about myself, my attitude on how I view others, and then my attitude on how my worldview is, Mm-hmm. And if I change that into new tendencies that are more positive, yeah, yeah, with new light on them, and now I envision myself, and I'm telling myself these these statements that are very positive, and I notice other people using it. They call it affirmations, mm-hmm. but I take it and I add to it. I go to another extent. You saying I am intelligent, right? You have to always add this little. Um, attachment to it which is don't forget about the body yeah you're yeah. speaking to the mind there you saying I am intelligent remember you have to feel those emotions you have to follow it up and say I feel intelligent yeah, yeah. same thing I am sexy I always follow it up I feel yeah, sexy man nah, nah. Right? that's real shit yo I want to I wanna ask you about suffering in a second but to that point yo um, in that same book, this dude gave game about this uh, research study, this, this study they did where um, they, they had these test takers and they basically like gauged their comp. They, they asked them, how confident do you feel going into this test? Mm. Um, and it's funny because a, a certain percentage of people who scored high were not confident going into the test. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, you should have been, you know what I'm saying? Because you were going to do fine. And then you have people who did feel confident doing the test and they did they did as good as they thought they were. 
what was funny was though was that um, the percentage of people who felt they did better on the test and didn't was way higher than like the uh, the upper the upper ranking. You know what I'm saying? The proportion was way more distinct than on the higher um, achievement scale. That isn't that relevant now. I just thought that was interesting. Um, but you said you learn to distinguish pointless suffering. So what is what is the opposite of pointless suffering? What is meaningful suffering? For me, I consider myself very, very fortunate, extremely blessed to get to live the life that I live. But I'm speaking from a point of view where I'm an able-bodied, healthy, healthy isn't even the world. I don't have any diseases, no allergies, no, like, you can eat peanuts and be fine. Yeah, bro, I could eat whatever I want. I could. Even milk? I've always been in great shape. Yeah, yeah. Since nine years old, like, you see pictures of me, I have abs (laughs) at the age of nine. Like, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I've been blessed with a great health. That alone, bro, you should have deep, deep gratitude. Mm -hmm. And the first step to deep gratitude is loss. The first step to deep gratitude is loss. Can you explain that? And then I'll touch up on on the point I'll finish. But loss creates this, it awakens you in a way that, say you're in love, bro, right? And you lose that, that relationship, right? Same thing, you were once in super shape and then you lose that shape, you get overweight, you start, for me, I learned this lesson too, mainly just getting really, really sick in September last year. I had to go to the hospital, I couldn't sleep. And it took me eight days to recover. I was just in bed, man. And then I couldn't work. I couldn't do the day-to-day activities that allowed me to progress at the pace that I'm progressing at. And when I got out of the sickness, the whole time I was telling myself, man, this is teaching me Cause I'm so used to feeling healthy, bro. Mm-hmm. That sickness gave me a whole no- another level of gratitude. For now that I'm healthy, I wake up and just say, "Bro, thank God, I don't feel sick today. Mm-hmm. I feel healthy." Yeah, and that's such a blessing, bro. I understand. And then the pointless suffering. The point. That's the question you asked me. Yeah, I live pointless suffering. You just live. My, my yeah, my suffering's like, man, I don't have this shit. Okay. You feel me? So another person suffering is man. I'm not gonna eat today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the same extent of suffering. Mm. One's like Jesus. Like I don't have to experience that. Another person, two thirds of the world, have those worries, have those thoughts, have those feelings, live yeah. that life. I don't live that life. Mm. My anytime I'm concerned about myself, it is selfish as fuck. But a mm. lot of us are very selfish, and I'm one of them. But mainly, when I suffer, it's like, I know it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. Because I have it. I literally have it all. I feel like as a, as a culture, as a society in the West, we're very, um, we're, we're not, we, we do, especially now, we don't like to say, oh, but other people in the world have it worse, right? Um, and you know what? It's, it don't say that to somebody who's crying, obviously. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the moment, you know, save that for another time. But what you're saying is real and that um, a lot of times our suffering just requires a perspective shift. You know what I'm saying? And understanding, 
you know, just your your place and situation in relation to the the global ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How did you um how did you learn this? Man, cuz I've experienced since COVID, man, since um my first breakup, man, like that yeah. was such a learning lesson for me. And since that moment, um I literally lost. I felt like I lost everything. In yeah. 2020, I really felt like I lost everything, and I built this life for myself. In 2019, I became that kid was who was reading. I got internships. Um, what were you ranked, by the way, in sales yeah, at one point? At Northwestern, like, I had a two-month stretch where I was doing very, very well. I got a lot of clients. Um, I was just doing well, and I, it was like 21 in the nation. You were ranked yeah. 21 in the nation yeah. for... For college interns, not like people yeah. doing it full time, but for other college kids doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that two month stretch. So yeah. I didn't carry it out for a year. It was just within eight weeks, I was just hella focused. Mm-hmm. What came to a stop was that was January, February 2020. In March, we got the news oh, COVID 19 hit. Yeah. And immediately when that happened, I went back home. We all went back home. And my environment changed. When mm-hmm. I was out in Providence, I was just focused mode. I was building, building, building. And it was so fast of a growth that I thought I had enough. You, th- you, you thought you were done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made, like, in those eight weeks, I made, like, between my two jobs, like, six grand. Mm-hmm. But when you're 19 and you're a sophomore, like... Come on, like, that's good. For a kid who, that was so much money to me at the time. And I remember going into COVID, I had like 7K in total. And then I said, yo, I don't need to work because I'm self-employed. I work for myself. I'm an independent business owner at the time, at 19. So I don't have a boss or nothing. I just decided, yo, I'm not going to work. I'm going to live off the 7K. I'm going to go back home. And I literally just chilled it out. And I was like, yo. I'm going to give all my time and attention to my girlfriend who's been loyal as fuck. She's been always taking second place, right? Because I was always putting the business first, and then I would always leave her for last at the end of the day. Let me work, focus on my thing, and then I'll give her some time. And I didn't know that dynamic worked so well. (laughs) Girls actually like that shit. And I didn't even, like, at the time, at 19, I knew nothing about, like, masculinity, femininity, relationships. I knew nothing about any of that. Uh, I was super ignorant and naive. And then I was just accidentally doing the right things. But I was <laughs> unaware that I was doing the right things. Yeah, yeah. But the world kept rewarding me like, yo, here, money, anything you want here. And then I was also riding like a pretend confidence at that time. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't internal confidence, it was external confidence. You were getting the validation. You were yeah. getting the validation. Bang, validation. Everything was going on with people uplift me, say nice things about me. And I was just, I had all the support in the world. And then the minute that that stopped, that validation stopped, and the eye, the eyeballs are off you, and you don't feel that eye contact anymore, you feel invisible. Mm-hmm. You really do. And that's how I felt. And then eventually that 7K, I blew it. I got to zero, wasn't working. My girlfriend ended up leaving me because I changed all my tendencies. 
Mm-hmm. Here I am running a business focused. You lo- you low-key went back to John Paul before you started reading. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Right? My attention wasn't really on her. I was just playing fucking Xbox all day during COVID. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, this is the last time i be able to play Getting your fucking games. Right? <laughs> and I realized that what made me attractive was that I had this creative mindset. I had this ambitious, this point of view that I always want to advance with my life. You always have to place your advancement above your current state, right? So even if you have it good right now and you're doing well, your progression is more important than what you currently have and what you're currently doing and who you currently are. Mm-hmm. Always place your advancement. The minute that you lose focus and you say, I'm not wanting to advance, is the minute you become unattractive. Mm-hmm. Not just to women or whoever you're attracted to, to everybody, bro. Yeah, everybody yeah. feels that, yo, this dude, he's done. He's not going to get anything more. Mm-hmm. And you just want to continue being attractive. Yeah, yeah. And we're using attractive not in the romantic sense, just to clarify. It's in the law of attraction sense, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, I think I was saying that to somebody the other day. But, it, you know, I want, I want to touch on a point. Go ahead, I go ahead. I hope I'm not shifting gears too nah, much. Nah, but nah, talking nah. about, and you said not in a romantic way, but my question to you is, I want to talk about love. You want to talk about <laughs> yeah. love, my boy? Yo, yeah. this podcast just took a left turn. I'm going to let it take the left yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. It's good. But it's I want to see your thoughts on it. I know oh. we briefly touched on it. I wish we were speaking to more people because everybody has their own unique experience and definition with it. Yeah, but yeah. I always ask this question of, what do you think the opposite of love is? Opposite of love. So to answer Jean Paul's question, to me, what is the opposite of love? All right, there's there's a there's two different there's two different answers that come to the same point. Um, the opposite of love is hate. You know what I'm saying? But that's there's an alternative to both of those, and that's indifference. You know what I'm saying? If you hate someone. You know, it's part of you still loves them. You know what I mean? In reality. And if you love them, part of you also has the ability to hate them equally. You know what I'm saying? The stronger the love, the stronger the potential hate. Um, but then, the, and you know, even Jesus in the Bible said, um, you know, hate your fathers and hate your mothers if they don't love God. And what he means is like, don't, when you hate, you still love. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it becomes spoiled in a way, you know what I'm saying, by anger and aggression, right? Um, But indifference is just, you just don't give a fuck. You know, when sometimes when people, you know, start arguments, for example, if you don't respond, they don't know what to do because they want the hateful response. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? In the same way that sometimes we also want the loving response, the validation. Um, and the worst is when we get none of it, and that's indifference. Um, you know, I, I hope that answers your question. You know right, perfectly. And that's, I know we had breakfast um, yeah. probably two months back before I went to DR, and we, I asked you about it, and we, and I, I do believe you answered it correctly. Right, because you was you was like Gene, you trying to trick me right now. I know, I know it. You was thinking like hate, but you knew it was too easy. Hate is too easy. Why would I ask that if that was the response? Yeah. And you're right, it's indifference. And 
I genuinely felt those consequences. I felt it. So I understood it to the point that so now I lived it. You felt, so hold on, what do you mean you felt the consequences? Saying that you felt indifference, someone or something. Someone's done it to me. Ah, uh, yeah. And I okay. felt that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Where I was unaware. I don't know exactly if that person felt the way they felt, right? Quote unquote indifferent. But it could have been true, mm -hmm. right? But from my perspective, through my experience, I felt that someone loved me at one point, and then rather than going from loving me to hating me, they went from loving me to being indifferent, not giving a fuck about me. Yeah, yeah, that hurt. And that hurt way 10 times, 100 times more than someone who hates you, because I realized if someone hates me, they're still thinking about me. Yeah. They still have feelings towards me, yeah. So I'm still living in their head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in their world. But the minute indifference is like, this is the ultimate power move. You ignore them. <laughs> yeah, Imagine yeah. ignoring someone, not giving a fuck about how their day is going or what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Ignore. That's contempt right there. That's contempt, contempt is never forgiven because yeah. everybody feels it and your pride won't let you get over that. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's real shit, you know. I think I, I um, some of my favorite philosophers. I don't know if they're my favorite anymore, but for example, Nietzsche. Nietzsche has the will to power. Um, I, I think Victor Victor Frankel had. Um, I forgot what he had. I think he had the will to life, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, but I, I think the human beings we naturally have a will, a, a will towards expression. Like, whatever is inside of us, it demands to come out. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? One way or the other, yeah. right? Whether it's the imagination, whether it's our emotions. Um, and I forgot, why the hell did I even bring this up, bro? What did you just say before I started going on this ramble? I was talking about ignoring. Like, the the most powerful move you could do is ignore someone. Yeah. Show yeah. them that you have no, you're not thinking about them, you don't have any feelings towards them. That shit leads to contempt. And contempt is never forgiven because our pride, it's like, bro, oh, okay, you were sleeping on me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you turned your back on me? All right, bet. I remember what I was going to say now. Yeah, it has to do with the will to expression. We we want to, ex in order to exist, we must express. And it's not enough for us to just physically exist. We want to imprint ourselves onto the world and onto other people. You know what I'm saying? So much so that when we when we don't exist at least to somebody mm -hmm. you know what i mean or some group of people that shit rocks our souls you know what i'm saying all we want more than anything i think as people is to exist and to be acknowledged as entities like in yeah. a really weird and existential way yeah. you know what i'm saying um because like you said it's more it's more than the mind like and you can't just exist up here. I think people who are worried about, you know, a type of acknowledgement that is conveyed, like, you know, people can say they see you, mm -hmm. but then their actions can say something very differently. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, bro. Is this, that was just something you made me think about. Well I don't know if you, if you have anything in, in mind after that. No, nah, well said. And no, nah, you, like you said, bro, I wanted to get that out there. 
because it's a question I always ask. I'm so curious about it because I want to see if other people have experienced it. Not yeah. understand it intellectually. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, there was an author that I was reading, and he, he was teaching the subject of learning, right? And in order to truly understand something, it has to convey in two parts, right? The first one is the mind, which is intellectual, right? So you understanding it in a conceptual way, yeah. right? You could break it down, you understand the definition. But knowledge, right, alone, needs to be accompanied with experience. Mm-hmm. And experience is for the body, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So physically, you have to live out the concept. You have to live out, you, you have, have to, to physically live out the idea. Right. That, that is the foundation of physics. You have theoretical physicists, and then you have experimental physicists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got the motherfuckers who think, and you got the motherfuckers who put the thinking into some sort of um, simulation of some sort. You know what I'm saying? Scientific experiment. Um, let me see. Damn. But you understand why I say that. Yeah, yeah. It has to be, not only do I understand it intellectually, I understand it intuitively. Yeah. My heart feels it. My body feels it. I do it so much. I do it so well that now it becomes a subconscious program where it's all muscle memory. It's like Curry shooting threes. He doesn't have to think. He's mindless. He's He's mindless. mindless. Same thing with me running through explaining something on finances on taxes or whatever so right i'm doing it i enter a state of flow and it's all muscle memory for me Uh i've done it so many times and it's all from experience not just me understanding it intellectually i've seen so many different cases that i could bring it all together find a solution and then solve the problem you know that's what i originally wanted you on here to talk about you know finances and taxes I'm, i'm only kidding um why is that question of love um, and indifference on your mind, bro? Because I was lost, bro. I knew nothing about it at 19, at 20. Mm-hmm. Um, when I felt like I needed it most, when I needed that knowledge, that information, I didn't understand it intellectually, but I had some experience. I was in a relationship, but your body going through an experience without knowledge, that's ignorance. Your body going through an experience without knowledge is ignorance? If you have, if you don't have the information, but you're experiencing it, right? That's real shit. That's ignorance. <laughs> you need both in order to play the field and win. To be in a win scenario, you need to have the knowledge, the information, the intellectual. Yeah. And you have to have the actual experience, meaning having you done it, the actual concept. That's real shit. I, you know, it goes back to that story I always tell about when Adriel pulled up on me at the restaurant and he said, yo, are you anxious? And that was the first time I'd ever realized, or know, yo, I am anxious, bro. And I, I, I told this to my mother yesterday because I don't think she realizes when she gets anxious. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is that, and she looked at me like, what? And then it kind of clicked for her like, oh, wait, yeah, it's, it's anxiety I'm feeling. You're right. And you lose if you don't have if you're not aware of it if you're ignorant of what's going on in your own body you can't have control of what's going on in your own body and I'm saying and not in the sense where you're gonna eradicate anxiety when you walk into an anxious situation but then when it comes on you've experienced it and you have the theory of it you know what I mean you You can 
You could name it. The you way you were talking it. about it last time, you could address it. You could address it, yeah. Most people live, 98% of people aren't in control. Uh-huh. The devil has a hold on them, right? The devil has a hold. Did you get that from the Napoleon Hill book? The Napoleon Hill, I would and the devil. It's like the devil has you in a chokehold, and he's in control of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. He's in control of your feelings. Can you tell us about that book a little bit? Hell yeah. I, love <laughs> it. I fucking love that book. Basically, that book taught me, right? And I have it written here in my notebook. It says, in 2020, I discovered my other self. You could put it, quote unquote, your other self. And this other self is him explaining the same idea. All the books I read, I read 26 books last year. All the books I read, they all keyed in to the same idea that has helped me elevate my life, right? And that's the idea of being, being, I'm saying being with a capital B, B-E-I-N-G, being. The day sign. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson, in his book, he literally capital Bs all the being. Every time he says the word being, he capitals the B. Why? Because you learn as you get older and you mature that trying shit out never works. Oh, I tried it. I tried it. In Atomic Habits, right, by James Clear, he literally, everybody is saying this to us. Mm -hmm. You have to become it. You have to become that individual. You have to become that concept. Someone saying, say, say I'm an individual who wants to stop smoking. Haven't you heard this all the time? Say I'm in a group. We're in a psych right now. Oh, I'm quitting right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm trying to quit. Bro, that never works. I t- I'm telling you in two days, you're going to be smoking again. The, the minute you start identifying and you start becoming that individual who doesn't smoke, this is a better way of communicating it. Mm-hmm. You're basically saying, no, I am not a smoker. You say that, there's more emphasis. It's the difference between a person who knows and who doesn't know. There's yeah. no in-between. It's There's either no, I know or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You have to move through life like that. There's true. no, there's no, yo, I think. I think two plus know, two is four. Bro, like, nobody's going to have, is. you're not going to be able to, you're not believable. You're yeah. not backable at that point. You don't, you people won't put their trust and confidence in you. Um, and it, you know, for the, for the, for the people out there seeking a partnership, yeah, people got to be able to know you're responsible, reliable, and trustworthy. And you know, one thing you were you described in your relationship when it when it fell when it fell out was that you'd become an unreliable person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um and sort of like and beyond just relationships though, you know, any type of achievement that is to be earned in life, it, it comes it doesn't come like instantly. It's usually a accumulation of responsibilities and an accumulation of victories and losses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, a man named Jeremiah Hernandez put this on to me. Uh, he's a graduate from our school, 2002 or 2003, matter of fact. He owns a, um, a gallery called Superflat. But basically he said, if you haven't failed, people won't trust you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because when you, are, when you have been through situations and failed, then you know what not to do. And you usually trust the person who's going to know what not to do than the person who doesn't know not what to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, because like you say, yo, you, you, 
when you have failure under your belt, you can op you're no longer operating from a place of ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Um so when they say, you know, all failures are lessons, but failures are failures. We gotta like admit that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um because I've had people so here's actually a question I have for you. You know, is how does how does one maintain um you know, the line between reality and being delusional, right? Mm. Because I, I've had conversations with dudes and I'll be like, yo, my my rap career was a failure, mm. right? And they'll be like, Daniel, don't say that. Don't say that. Oh my God, bro, come on. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, it was a failure, bro. It didn't work out. I'm podcasting now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause, and this is the thing, though, is that, um, you know, and it's like, nah, then it wasn't a failure. It was just a lesson. And I'm like, it can be both. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the lesson is that wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but sort of, yeah, how do you toe that line between, you know, failure and, and delusion? You know what I mean? Or reality and delusion. Reality and delusion. Well, first things first, man. Everything will fail. There's plenty of failures out there. Because people are simply and only trying. You're just trying. You did not become the thing that you said you wanted to become. Yoda said it best. If you can't say, like, yo, I put my whole heart into this thing, into this project. I put my whole heart. I committed, and commitment is you putting your energy into something or someone. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the things that I've failed up to this point in my life was simply because I did not become what I said I was going to become. You didn't follow. It's because I tried, bro. You tried. That's why I failed. I tried. This is why Yoda says, anybody who likes Star Wars, this is real shit. You know, do do or do not, there is no try. You either do it or you don't. No in-between or nothing. That movie came out in the 1970s. You know what I'm saying? We have known this information for years. Um, what, what do you feel generally... Cause like yo, I, I hate I hate saying this. It doesn't feel like the majority of people know these things or practice the things you're talking about. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's bro, it's so it's it's out there, but to discover it, you've have like the point you were saying, bro, like you're talking about there's a point, there's this author named John Doe. <laughs> he came out, he came, is, I don't know how to say it, it's D-O-E, is Doe? I don't know. Bro, that's John Doe. John Doe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically. This is French, then it's Dwayne, and I don't know how to speak French. Basically, French. he said, we don't learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on our experience. We learn from reflection. So when you're talking yeah. about failing and losing these things, in the moment when you're experiencing it, you're not taking away those key points that help you when you do it again, you're going to end up making the same mistakes if you didn't reflect and really look back. For me, I took my failed, say, relationship. I failed in business, too, plenty of times. But my failed relationship, I didn't just experience it. My body experienced it. My mind reflected on those experiences. And now everything has to be in alignment for you to become. Think about it. A state of being is simply your mind embodied in harmony. Basically, your thoughts, and the thoughts is the currency of the mind. Your feelings are the currency of your body. 
your feelings and your thoughts have to be connected. They literally have to become one for you to be in a state of being. Think about how... Yeah. Think about this. If you're trying to positively think, right? I want to have more positive thoughts. First of all, you're going to fail because you're trying. <laughs> second, of, second of all, bro, think about it. If I feel like shit, but I'm trying to think positively, it's not going to work. I'm not going to enter that state of being because my thoughts are against the way I'm feeling, mm-hmm. right? They're not in harmony. But if I could think positively and then I could feel good, think about it. That's the whole point of me saying I am sexy and then following it up with I feel sexy because I am trying to create this harmony within myself to actually become. That way I don't have to try. You understand? I feel like there is a necessary economics metaphor lurking in there because... um, Something I think that gets in the way of a lot of people is is failing to understand the ecosystem of their mind mm. and that um, ev- one little thing leads to everything else. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this. This is a psychological, like, researchable fact. Um, what is it? People who overcome one fear... Um, inevitably become braver in all parts of their being. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and they don't get into the mechanics of it, but I feel like it probably has something to do with that, where, like, you, you, for exposure therapy is important, right? Because you're both, exposure therapy is interesting because it's doing what you're talking about. In terms of first, you identify what it is that somebody's afraid of. You mm-hmm. have to name it, you have to get the theory on it. And then you have to get the physical experience of overcoming or confronting that fear, right? And so, yeah, it, it, the exposure therapy plays on that, that like duality of mind-body, you know what I'm saying? That one reinforces the other constantly. Um, man, son. Yeah. This and, conversation got my dick on. bro. <laughs> right, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> Okay, you're being horny. Oh, All right. <laughs> bet, bet. Well, on, on a serious note, though, um, you asked me, why is it so hard to find? Why are these ideas so hidden? Mm-hmm. They really aren't. I'm telling you, out of all the books I've read, every author, these are people who've been through life that want to share a message with us. They're freaking, they're literally, some people are putting it in bold in their books, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to Damn. tell us, bro, imagination, being, you have to become it. Okay. If you do not become it, you will not experience the results, the life that you want to create. People are living in survival mode. Here's the thing. Most people are living in survival mode and thinking and feeling from a place of lacking. The minute that you shift and go to the other side of the bridge, the 2%, rather than the 98% of people who are worried about time and who are worried about appearance and who are worried about all this BS, right? I just had to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Worried about all this BS. These people, the 2%, since they're not waking up and feeling like a deer who almost got hit by a car, right? able to operate these people operate from a creative mindset and they're able to advance and they're able to grow and if you do not become a part of this two percent let's call these people the winners in life 
the losers get nothing. They get left with nothing, and the winners get more and more and more. And it's not a surprise. These people are thinking, feeling amazing. They're thinking thoughts that allow them to get more of whatever it is that they want. And they're just living. It gets easier to live when every day you wake up and you feel your body is healthy. You feel amazing. You tell, you communicate with yourself that way. Like, bro, you're the man, right? And if you feel that way, other people will become messengers of your own self-concept. Mm-hmm. Right? People will spread your message for you. Right. You know, because they they believe in it and it works for them. And I mean... Um, More importantly, bro, people will feel it. Yeah. They'll just start noticing. Bro, why is he so confident? Why is he so sure? Why does he walk around like he knows? Mm-hmm. I know what well, Like, people will notice the sparkle in your eye. People will know the quickness in your step. You will be performing at a level that other people will just start thinking about you more. They're like, yeah. what is it about this guy? The difference is that this person is thinking positively, feeling positively, and quote-unquote ends up living positively. Mm-hmm. Getting the results they want because they're in a creative mindset. Daniel. That person was pointless suffering. The same person who's winning now yeah, yeah, yeah. was a person who was on the other side living in survival mode. Yeah. Had nothing. Had zero. And literally just changed their mindset and changed their emotions. Mm-hmm. And now they living right. It's a, you know, I will say this. You make it sound easy. and it's No, not. it's not easy. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not easy. It's not. Because to learn, it requires unwiring it requires you to break unlearning you literally have to break out of the habit of being yourself yeah this is what oh my god my brother you know the word you know one thing i noticed on the podcast is that i always bring up the word ego Mm -hmm. and it's an important conversation because i think for one our general society has a bad conception of what ego is and then we treat the ego like it's our as carl jung would say our shadow self Mm -hmm. um but our ego contains our shadow self and our light self. Our ego is just us, right? And in both cases, you know, both the good in us and the bad in us can get in the way of our growth. Um, because even the good can go bad if, if the good is not allowed to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the concept of the ego death or the destruction of the ego um, is not a permanent loss. It has to be reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's reborn, you have to make a decision. Because essentially when your ego dies, whether through some psychedelic experience or through some traumatic experience, like a fucking breakup, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or even the loss of a loved one, you know what I mean? Um, you then have to decide what kind of person you're gonna become after. You know what I'm saying? In many cases, especially I think when you're young like us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've had instances where, like I had a heartbreak, you know what I mean? A couple, maybe a year or two ago. And, like, I'm still working on that, man. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, and part of that process has just been, yo, what person am I going to be, you know, from here on? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Am I going to be the person who got into that situation? Or am I going to be a different person? You know what I mean? And it's essentially a whole reimagination of my ego and who I am mm-hmm. um, and who is Daniel, you know? And I think it's an important subject. It is. Because, you know, again, one, we don't allow ourselves to be 
egotistic, quote unquote, because we think it's bad. When in reality, there's a lot of modest people who really need to get up out their comfort zone mm. and start being not egotistical, but bold. Um, because egotistical has more to do, I think, with the idea that, like, you just put the self first and you, you seek self-validation, mm. you know what I'm saying, of any sort. But I, I want to ask you this, um, you know... Fuck, what was it? You talked about ego and you talked about heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. It was... So, you know, besides this being easier said than done, my man, um, it's hard to hear it. Like, me, as a, as a, as a person who has a generally positive disposition, who already believes and agrees with many of the things you're saying here today, and I mean, because again, I've experienced them and I put them into practice. You know what I'm saying? But when I try to reiterate some of these things to some people I know, right, it's sort of just like, it, it can come across as condescending. You know what I'm saying? It can come across as like, oh, you would know it all, there's that and the third. Um, but so how do you communicate? Um, that idea, that message? Yeah, how would you, how do you communicate that? At first, before I even like go into um, communicating it to like, right now I don't have that much attention on Mm-hmm. I feel like I could wake up and really become the person I want to become without people really, people don't really care. But it's, I'm you talking about I mean? more like your everyday life though. Like but yeah, yeah. your sister, your mother, your your brother, whoever. Oh, that's a great, that's a great example. Because those are the people They're around really you close every to me, day. Right? After a point, for my parents, they're older than 35. I know what who they are now, I have to accept them. I have to love all the beauty that they bring, all the things that they do for me, the way they choose to live their life, and all their flaws. Mm-hmm. My mom literally lives probably 70% of her day in stress and anxiety. Yeah. But she's the greatest mom on the planet. How did that make you feel watching her, though? I can't help her, though. She's going to live in stress regardless because now it's programmed in her system. Her body has become the mind. Her body has, has become, become the mind. mind. She's yeah. not in control. My dad's not in control. Most 98% of people are in control. Mm-hmm. I'm still breaking out of the habit of being myself. I'm not saying... I'm saying it very simplistically because that's just how it's coming across. It's good but news. I'm, I love how you re- make sure and just confirm, bro, this shit is not easy. Yeah. Think about it. Think about how difficult this is. You've been doing a habit, a tendency. for Let's say you picked up something... 10 years ago and now you've done it consistently throughout your life mm-hmm. for 10 years that tendency is so likely to happen that past event increased the probability of your future event of you doing that same event bro it's like you're stuck in a program and it's hardwired into your system yeah. your proteins your cells everything there's things that you want to break out of but you're addicted to it because you've been doing it bro for 10 years now so for you to go three weeks and be like, oh, I've, I stopped it for a little while, but you're still thinking about that shit, your body's going to throw a fucking a message to your brain mm-hmm. and be like, bro, bro, let's do this shit, right? <laughs> bro, let's do this shit, everything. bro. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's hard as fuck, bro. Yeah. It, that's the hardest part, bro, breaking out of the habit, breaking out of those old tendencies. But what I'm trying to say is that if you've lived 
from a place of, damn, I don't have this shit. Damn, I'm still not doing this. Damn, I'm, I still haven't become this, that, and whoever, right? Realize you have to address, bro, I'm living in survival mode. This right here is a problem because that's unattractive. The world's not going to bring you abundance when you're living in that state of mind and that mm -hmm. state of beating, uh, that state of being, right? And that state of feeling. Everything's going to go, and Jordan Peterson has a whole chapter on this, right? He writes uh, about lobsters, right? And it's the, you the read, thing. You read his book, by the yeah, way? What's yeah, his book 12, 12 Rules of Life. Okay. And he talks about chaos and, and order, right? And he talks about putting things in order that's been chaotic in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, my room smelling like shit and being out of order, that's my job to fix it, so I fix it. Mm -hmm. Now it smells good. <laughs> now, now the sheets are laid, right? That's something that I could get gain control over, right? Same thing. My financial life, my income and my expenses, I should have a gap between the two. My income should be here, and then my weekly and monthly expenses should be down here, leaving me this gap so I could advance, create future cash flow, and then learn how to invest, right? For me, it's like... To become an investor, you have to be, first you need a certain gap between your income and expenses. You can't be living page, paycheck to paycheck. You can't be going paycheck to check, paycheck being right? investing, yeah. Um, there's people out there who, and I do agree with this concept, focus when you're young, focus on how can I gain more cash flow? How can I create more avenues, learn more skills? That's what I'm doing. Right, I'm learning finances. I'm learning taxes. I'm learning accounting. I'm taking courses. I'm hanging out with people who make more money than me. Why is that? Because I am trying to increase my cash flow, basically increase my income. Right. Meanwhile, live below my means, allowing me this gap to create wealth. Mm -hmm. But if you're someone who makes 5k and you spend 4k, 1k is not enough, bro, for you to re really create wealth. You have to get this gap to at least like twenty five hundred. You get there, bro. Now you can start making moves. Yeah. Because yeah. by the end of the year, you look up and be like, bro, I saved twenty five thousand this year. Uh huh. Right. Need to invest that. That's twenty five thousand just sitting. And there. then you're gonna put it to work. Now mm -hmm. you could do active investments. You could do passive investments. Mm -hmm. You could actually make moves now. Start but a whole it, business. You could start a whole business. There's so much things. Now you're in a creative space, and you just. You're in a more powerful position. You got power. But here's the thing. Most people are living, they don't like their life, so they have to buy more things and have more things to feel a certain way mm -hmm. because they don't feel like they're enough, right? I don't need extravagant clothes or experiences. My life right now, I love it to death because yeah. the people in my life treat me so wonderful. They treat me with this level of respect like, damn, this kid's going to become something. Mm -hmm. So they all treat me like that, and they view me like that. But I had to create that reality. You had to create that One, reality. It was delusional at some point. There was times where I had, imp I felt like an imposter. You have that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. But, bro, my advice is if you don't even feel that way and you're living in self-hate and you feel like an imposter, act, act as you love yourself. Whether you even have to pretend, I found success pretending to be confident, even when I now really being confident and it's internal, it's a whole different level. 
There's levels to this shit. Yeah. But I found you acting and at least trying, pretending, will work better than you just continuing just hating yourself and being insecure. Mm-hmm. Bro, start acting as if you love yourself. And then you will. No. Eventually, it could even turn true. Yeah. But what I'm saying, people are too busy within themselves to be worried about if you're an imposter. People no. don't care, bro. They're not going to notice if you're pretending. Now, there's some people who are very observant, but the majority, that 98% of people, they're not going to catch on. They're so selfish and so caught within me, 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 and worried about their day and what's going on in their life. They're not going to notice that you feel like an imposter. That's they facts. Pick up on it. So act as you're that dude already. Even if you don't have anything, tell yourself, I already have it. Mm-hmm. Damn, son. I feel like, you know, when you were talking, I had I had a thought because I just on the on the validation, you know, I don't think it's just material validation because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people also seek social validation in the sense of um, like virtue, morality. A lot of people I notice get off on just being a good person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, because what which, when you can't validate yourself with monetarily. You can still validate yourself through individuals in other ways, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I only say that because I just see it all the time, and it's frustrating. Um, and this is something I read in that Equal Equilibrium book. I can never say the title right. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our social sphere operates on a prestige and status game where a lot of the incentives, for example, in academia, are actually just like the titles and shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, versus actually, because this is also why I don't want to go in academia, I personally feel a bit impotent being in a, a university classroom. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I feel like I'm not able to to do as much and contribute as much um, to the world. You know what I mean? Because I'm confined in that, in that space. And in that space that I feel as though is playing a social game more so than it is playing an action game. Um, I'm finding out that I like business a lot more than I like academia because you can actually measure, you know, mm-hmm. what is successful and what is not. Yeah. Did it make money? No, no, it didn't work. Did it make money? Yeah. And it's not that money's the point, mm-hmm. but it's the metric. You know what I'm saying? It's the way you measure shit against other shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, do you have... We've been running, we we run in on 70 minutes now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Do you have any fucking, cause, yo, John Paul, Jean Paul, what do you do for work, bro? What is for your work? job? For work? So, the last four years, um, I got my license to do investments and insurance. And do investments So, basically, and I could do anything within risk management, wealth accumulation, uh, estate planning, all the things that cover finances like the management of money teaching people how to keep it save it earn it all that in one it's like so broad that you can't really put a name to it but like the title is a financial advisor that's what i've been doing since 18 right and then now the last three years i've been more focused on it now than ever is learning tax law so tax planning um tax preparation, like actually doing people's taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a great group, like a, I, literally a family, because 
the people who run that whole operation, that business, have taken me in. They've known me since the age of 10. And the CFO, the CFO of the business, he's been my best friend. He's been my big role model, basically a second dad to me. He's seven years older than me. And he's actually spoke here at Elevated Dog wow, to get right? robbed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So didn't even know that was a connection until we walked into the building. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, Rob has taught me so much about life. Yeah. Like, he's filled in so many gaps um, for me. And, like, just being able to see him and just be have access to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of things, bro, like, uh, I came into this building, and this floor is, like, run by Elevated Thought. And one of their values is access. Mm-hmm. And I thought, there's so many people that could become so much and their potential is tapped, it's limited because they don't have access. First, they're not opening up themselves. You're not giving the world access to you first. Yeah, yeah. But to get access to others, to get access into the world, so many people are struggling to open those doors. Mm -hmm. And I was able to open a few doors for myself and now I have access. That's why I'm able to help so many people. If I can't, you ask me a question and I say I don't know, it's a genuine I don't know. But yeah. within two days, I know so many people, bro, that I could get you the answer. Yeah. Really well informed and we could solve the problem. For sure. Right? So within, give me time and boom, I could solve any problem. I believe you. In turn, financially. Now, yeah. psych- like, <laughs> psychologically, like, like therapy-wise, like, I could be there and be empathetic, but... That shit takes more time to you, figure out. You don't need a you don't need a, a a trained doctor for some mental health services from you know what I mean. Exactly. We we can help you get your money and marketing straight, but and then to finish off, <laughs> yeah. what what I've been up to is I told you that this year, on top of learning taxes and learning tax planning, tax preparation, I'm going to take a course, um, a Harvard Business School course I'm on accounting. Way. Uh, over the summer after tax season so I could advance my knowledge and then gain experience, put it into practice. That way, if I know how to do accounting, finance, and taxes, um, I'm going to be really well off financially, and my financial IQ will be at the 99%, Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be able to help a lot of people out from there. And then once I learn all this knowledge, that's when you open up access to the community and Yes, you could say it's successful if it's profitable. And don't get me wrong, I love business. I definitely want to be profitable. But at the same time, for the people that's out there that they want to learn, maybe they don't have access to go to a Providence college. They don't have access, can't afford to pay for a Harvard Business School course or have access to the people that have access to in my life. Through me, I can't give out all my time, but at the same time, I'm willing to speak in front of people I'm willing to one-on-one, 15-minute phone call, so we could talk finances, talk about mainly finances, but if you want to talk about relationships, we could do that too. But I'm working with my team, and we could work all together and give back to the community. But that's for free. That's just to impact the people out there. And then profit-wise, if you want to open up a business, if you want to do your taxes, of course. like You come to me, we could talk about it. And then we could solve the problems that you have uh, financially. Make sure, yo, I'm going to make sure Gene Paul gives me any info, any website shit I got to put in the links and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hit my man up. You need game. 
mm-hmm. you need a consultation, you know what I'm saying? My man, my man got you with the wisdom. This, mm-hmm. I've known this dude actually, you know what I realized? We've known, we've known each other for like four years. Yeah. Now that I really think about it. Um, and you know, I've, I've always, you know, I think I'm older than you, but I've always looked up to you. I'm 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're I'm, 23? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, and it isn't on some like, oh, on some age, it's just not, bro, but I have looked up to you, bro, because mm-hmm. your financial wisdom and practicality, even when there's been, the mountains have gone down and you had to come back up, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know, you just persisted and you were wise, bro. Um, I actually have a business plan I have to pitch to you once this podcast is off, because I can't that. do that shit on air. But on the final note, yo, you got any any tips, any financial tips, advice you could give to, um, I actually, I want to make it specific. Any financial tips and advice you could give to people in our community specifically mm-hmm. on, because on, I remember one time you said, this is name some shit, but Dan, you said, Daniel, the people in our community, they don't necessarily have the disposable income to start working with someone like you in certain mm-hmm. cases, right? Yeah. What What does someone need to do to get there? Tips, um, tricks. Yeah, I'm gonna answer that question and then on a final note, I wanna touch on and I wanna finish my, I wanna give out my definition that I've learned through heartbreak, through going through it, my definition on love that oh, I love. Oh yeah. I didn't I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna leave that off to them and see what yeah, yeah. the people think about um, what I've come up with and what I've discovered. But financial tips, the best tip for me, bro, in this age is become a perpetual learner. Mm-hmm. You want to put money in your pocket, not immediately. I'm not saying get rich quick. I'm not saying. None of that bullshit that's going around. Everything I do is legal, and I want to do it legally, yeah, right? Yeah. That's that's the message for the community. But when I say become a perpetual learner, I don't know if everybody's going to understand that, right? But what I'm basically saying is don't be afraid. A perpetual learner is someone who's not afraid to learn whatever subject. They're, also not They're afraid so to adaptive, stupid. right? Yeah. I, yo, challenge, study new fields. Challenge your mind to the point where... Because if it's not challenged, it's not going to grow, right? So for me, I'm not, can I say I'm really passionate or curious about accounting? No, not at all. I'm telling you, it's, I'm telling you it's so tedious. Yeah, and yeah. Not, but at the end of the day, do I know that it will elevate me and I'm able to give back? If I have that skill, it's worth me putting in the effort and the time. And my ability to control my attention, I know I could give it enough attention to the point where it could, like I said, to truly learn something, you first have to understand it conceptually, and that might take you weeks, months, or even years. And then to put it into practice, that might take you definitely years, but it could take you three to five years to master it. So that's what I would give back to the community as a financial tip, learn a skill. Whatever that skill is, because in order to put money in your pocket, money grows in other people's pockets, right? The money that you want in your pocket is in my pocket right now, right? <laughs> it's in my pocket. So if you want more money in your pocket, right? Throw your wallet yeah, out. Yeah, I just threw my wallet. Right, facts. Like, you you want more money in your, in your pocket. In <laughs> <laughs> so ain't shit in there. If you want more money in your pocket, and I'm not someone, like, I'm saying this from grow your financial IQ, 
anybody could do this at any age. I'm not, don't get me wrong, I feel like a rich man. If I wake up in the morning, I tell myself I am a rich man, right? I'm wealthy. Am I on paper? Am I wealthy? Like, no, I just graduated from college like a couple months back. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. Like, can I take someone out? Can we go to, on vacation? Like, yeah, and I could pay for it? Yeah. Yeah, but, that's not wealthy. Yeah, yeah, like, am I rich to the point where, don't get me wrong, I'm someone who still lives in this community, but one day I'll be able to make it out and then give back to the community because of my mindset and, and how I program my body to feel. And then that's gonna allow me to live the life and become the type of person who does on paper have everything objectively, materially. But this whole time, this whole time from now, I've always felt like I already had it. Mm -hmm. Damn. So that's my advice financially. And then the light, the- I, I wanna do that. You wanna add to it? Go ahead. Prioritize cash flow. Prioritize cash flow now yeah. and future cash flow. For real. And fuck around and get yourself an IEN or whatever the hell that is. And you know what I mean? I ain't even gonna start. Let me not even get on that. You, you what you said was uh, EIN, yeah. EIN, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about to file, and that's something I want to talk about. So create like a corporation, do things like that. Shit like All that. Right, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, of course. And we could help out with that too. Yeah. If you're people in the community, I know people as well that we could set that up for you guys. Yeah. But that love, love, my brother, and take us home, brother. Take Ooh. us home. We talked about what the opposite of love is. Mm -hmm. We talked about you and I going through breakups in the last uh, year or two years. And I've reflected, bro. And I remember being in the relationship and asking the person I was with, what's love to you, right? And the person was like, I don't even know. I just feel so good. And I was like, I could relate. I could relate. I do feel very good when I'm around you too. Did you ask yourself, is that love? <clears throat> and it was to the point, bro, like I felt like I was in heaven, bro, right? At the time, in the moment, I felt so incredibly good that I thought this feeling, this feeling is love. That's how you named yeah. it, right? I feel so good when I'm with you, bro. So you, you call that feeling of feeling good, love. Yeah, I love you, I love you, because I feel so good when I'm with you. But feelings, they're not always so persistent. Like they're not always going to be, it's not linear. It's always they're like fleeting. this, right? Fleeting. You yeah. don't always just feel happy. People are gonna then think like you're crazy as fuck, right? Yeah. This dude's always happy. I might get happy once I get into the car, but once I get to the stoplight, I'm pissed. Right? <laughs> I don't know, I'm an angry driver. <laughs> an I'm angry an angry driver. driver. Yeah, yeah. So I also thought, you know, two years back that that was, that's what love was. Mm -hmm. I feel really good about you. Now that I've refre reflective, uh, re reflected on, on my experience, I've come to learn that when I say I love someone, <clears throat> it's coming from a point of view, it's coming from an intellectual understanding, it's coming from an intuitive understanding from the heart, more importantly. It's me saying, yes, I've been moving this whole time in my own, operating from my own best interest in mind. But when I say I love you, Daniel, now. I love you too, Jean Paul. <laughs> when I say I love you, I'm basically saying this is how I interpret it now. That first, I'm going to take 
the process. I'm going to go through the process and be intimate, not sexually intimate. That's how people think of the word. Intimate is basically you listening into someone, you feeling into someone, you seeing into someone in order to understand their wants and needs, right? Mm -hmm. Daniel, once I went through that process and I know what you want to build with your life and you who you want to become, right, and how you want to live, then, then... I'm moving from this standpoint from now on rather than solely just thinking about my own best interest now I'm taking into account your best interest and I wouldn't make a decision assuming that I love Daniel that will positively affect me and give me more but Jeffrey. negatively affect him yeah. so basically now if I love someone I'm always looking for the win-win scenario Yo. which is much harder because now yeah. you're taking in two points of your you're taking two two accounts points of, of best interest yeah 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 and the thing is that too is that that compromise isn't the best thing for you and it isn't the best thing for the other person but it's the best thing for the both of y'all together for the best you get what i'm saying as a unit right because you become one exactly when you love there's no other it's just you're one yeah and yeah. now you're thinking i'm not gonna make a decision that's gonna affect my sister but it's gonna positively affect, like, impact my life, but then harm her. Yeah. Hell yeah. nah, because I love this person. Yeah. But yeah. if you didn't love someone, you're always gonna choose the selfish act and put your best interest mm -hmm. over the other. A thousand percent. And I don't know if I'm ready for that, bro. Fuck that, bro. I'm not. <laughs> I've, I have abandoned all romance for the next um, preceding years of my life. Like. Yeah. Until my business is straight, bro, and... Boom, you hit it. You know what I'm saying? Until your life is in order, right? <laughs> yeah, They yeah. say build yourself up, and then the women will come, right? Yeah, But yeah. don't chase women first, and then try to get your shit in order. Mm -hmm. The women's gonna sense, bro, your shit's way chaotic. It's too chaotic for me. Your shit's not in order. I'd rather get someone who's a little bit older, who already been through the shit that you've been going mm -hmm. through. You're stuck in this phase... And I ain't gonna lie, maybe I'm stuck in this phase. I might sound like I got my shit together. I really feel like I got my shit together, right? But, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, can I get in a relationship right now? Yes. But should you? But I understand as I'm becoming more and more, I'm able to attract better and better. Yeah. As I get older, wild. as I get more income, as I get more knowledgeable, as I start to respect myself more and more other people are going to start to respect myself. And I'm going to become more attractive. Physically, I'm be working out, getting better there. Mentally, psychologically, financially. In every aspect of the word, I'm going to get better. Mm -hmm. And I know that, and I'm confident in it. And then that's the dilemma that I'm in. Why would I settle now when I'm not fully who I know I could be? Get someone now, because I'm only going to be able to attract at my level. Cause that's how the dating game works, bro. But as you grow in status and you and you grow in wealth and you grow in appearance and who you are, I'm telling you, you're gonna be able to select and be able to get whoever it is that you want. Yeah. I was I was in Houston. I was in Dallas, right? I was in Dallas, in Texas, and I sat down at the airport with uh, a dentist, <laughs> right? He's 30 years old. He just finished his schooling. He had to do all the medical stuff. And then he started his practice, right? He told me, this 30-year-old man now, 
he went from being able he he was tripping on the first girl he had bro. <laughs> but she was nothing compared to as he was loving in love and now that he has all those degrees and all those titles and now he's gained that status and now that wealth he's able to get the girl he wants bro mm-hmm. able to be the person you want and to be with but i also i think it is a romantic thing to find someone now and grow together that is a beautiful someone could sell me on that no bullshit and i'll fall for it you can't sell me on that shit anymore. You can't. I'm, I'm, I'm way, open. I'm way past that. I used to think that was real, and it works for like one in every thousand people. Yeah. Um, stati- statistically improbable in my perspective, but I'm a bit sour. We don't gotta get into it. That's the last thing, bro. You know I saying? wanna share that love piece. I, you know, I know. I'm gonna add to that real quick because, mm-hmm. damn, bro, that's a, it's a good topic, and I'm definitely gonna make this like one of them exclusives. Yeah, we good. Yo, we coming up on an hour and a half, though. That's good. That's that was the same as Gladys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know. Like, I want the the longer the episode, the 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 more the more like, yeah, bro. There's certain people I just be talking with. Bro, I was talking with Gladys yesterday. We were yapping for a bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what you call it? So, I want to say this about love because I think it's important, and I think you made the distinction. As soon as I say this, people immediately think um, being weird and kind of incestuous. The love, the love one has for their mother and their siblings ought not be any different than the love one has for their friends or the significant others, right? When we're with our significant others, what we're calling love is, like you said, is the feeling of feeling good, right? Um, but what happens when shit goes sour and you don't feel good in the moment? You know what I mean? You want to break up or some shit, right? You can't break up with your mom. You can't break up with your brother. You can stop having contact, you know what I mean? But that's hard. and That doesn't actually take away the love, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that that's the love. You love someone when you love them even when you don't feel like you love them. You know what I'm saying? When it's tough. When it's tough. Because that's the action of commitment and the action of, 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 of keeping one's energy in a person. Because what you're doing by continuing to love them and stay is you, you're keeping that love there in their life, regardless of how much they're frustrating you. When you leave, you become indifferent, you take that love out. You know what I'm saying? You make the choice to remove it. Um, or to keep it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's just very important because I've just, I know that I'm really trying to avoid like cultural critiques on this podcast, guys, because I don't want to be salacious. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sensational. Um, that's just not the brand. But on some real shit, man, now maybe I'm saying this, I'm projecting a little bit, but I just see it a lot, both in men and women, where, um, there's just a lot of misunderstanding of what love is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of putting oneself first instead of putting the relationship first. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And part of that has to do with the fact we put a very special status on our romantic relationships that I don't think they should have, man. I feel like my, my relationships with my friends, my relationships with my family ought to be as equally, if not more important, than any relationship I have with a significant other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I always say this, yo. Your girl gonna leave you. Your boys, mm-hmm. if they really your boys, mm-hmm. they not going nowhere. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that love, fine, they can't fuck you. You know what I mean? Um, 
But it's like love is more than sex. You know what I'm saying? Love is really just that commitment and that ability to, to feel like you trust and you can rely on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Um, love your friends, yo. That's the most important thing I think people need to do is love your friends. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that's out there because I hope there's a 20 or 18-year-old who's in a relationship right now and super confused about what's going on. So many things are going on yeah. and he's with this person, right? And you guys tell each other the most crazy, the craziest shit ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're gonna have kids. We're gonna get married. Oh my God, like I'm the luckiest dude on earth, right? You're saying all this shit, right? I'll and it's beautiful, shit. it's beautiful. There's a lot of beauty in it. But at the same time, you're gonna change so much, right? And are you really gonna put that relationship, right? No, no matter what obstacles get presented, right? Will you always be the type of person, knowing that you have an ego, it's super easy to put yourself, your own best interest first, mm -hmm. right? But if you continue to grow, I'm gonna tell you this, as a guy, speaking to another guy, if you really are that dude, and you feel that way, you think that way, and you're living that way, no girl's gonna jeopardize leaving you. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But the minute you fall off, of course, bro, she has every right to leave you. Cause bro, she has options. <laughs> she has other people that are interested in her. But bro, she was choosing you. But the minute that you b start doing some other shit and lose focus, I'm gonna tell you right now, of course, the person's going, we're young. We're always gonna put our own best interests at hand, mm -hmm. right? And just as a caveat too, this goes both ways. People will always ways. gonna put their best interest. Same in. thing with dudes, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? You be rocking with a shorty, but then you start you you enter this new status. You're getting more attention. You same thing. Your options open up. Yeah. And it's hard to continue to be committed and putting pouring your energy into one person, especially when you're so young. When you start experience, they say new money, you act funny, right? Like yeah. You be, and that same thing when you getting that new attention, that new status. You don't, you behave in a different way. And this podcast is called Character Development. And character is how you think, how you feel, and how you behave, right? And that's what you're trying to build, those how three aspects. How you think, aspects. how you feel, and how you behave. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to put that in the bio. Hell yeah, bro. Yo. But Daniel. JP. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you for coming, bro. For inviting me. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't need to hope, bro. I know that what you're building right now for this community, for yourself, for your family, for your friends, right? This is something that's gonna elevate people's minds, right? This is gonna help people who are suffering, whether pointlessly or truly going through traumatic experiences, this is going to help people get over those experiences, help them discover things that, maybe it's a new idea, maybe it's a new connection that they now have access to. What you're doing here, bro, is going to create a lot of beauty in this community, bro. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy to be a part of this 